When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brandon Vogel with Counter Reed joins us, counterreed.com. Vogues, thank you for the, 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 the gift that keeps on giving this week, and that is your column uh, from Counter Reed, counterreed.com. And we talk S&P, and we talk projections and win totals. And uh, you look at the seven and a half, and I ask Cranach out of the gate, you're closer to nine or you're closer to six. And uh, one reason that he is hesitant, and by the way, are you like Mark and I of a certain age where you just always would start the year at nine? Always start the year at nine wins. Well, I mean, I remember looking at this back, I think it was still in the Pelini era, and going back a couple of years, using the actual point spreads that, you know, went off at, at kickoff time. And it's pretty much what Nebraska was favored in nine games a year. Um and that's that's what it was. And that even had, you know, a little bit of a longer tail, I think, from the years where they deserve to be favored that often into the years where, you know, they were headed towards towards where Nebraska is in, in 2024. So some of that's a little bit of, I think, reputation. Um, but, you know we can talk about that. We can talk about like teams being public teams or getting a lot of action, you know, and those things are, they're small factors, but, but they're not big factors. Like Vegas isn't building a model to, to be, to be inaccurate and be like, well, we think Nebraska's six wins goes, but we're going to put it at seven and a half. Cause we just right. expect there's a ton of money. It's going to, it's not really how it works. They'll adjust. Um, so for this team closer to nine or closer to six, um, by the SP plus ratings, which I then, you know, used to extrapolate some point spreads and win probabilities, Nebraska's favored in eight games. Um, <clears throat> now, I usually consider anything between kind of a 0.4 win probability and 0.6, which is usually about minus four to plus four to be pretty much toss up. But what I think what's notable about these these first sets of rankings and how they evaluate Nebraska versus the rest of the Big Ten is there's only there's only three of those games. One of them's Rutgers, um, one of them's Wisconsin, and another one's UCLA. And and again, like I don't know what UCLA is going to be. Um, I don't know if I know what USC is going to be. But that's kind of like the big kind of like starting level of of what we got from SP Plus this week. You're on mute, cowboy. Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska, Nebraska ranks high in returning production. How much is that skewed, though, by, for instance, Harburg, who probably isn't going to start? <laughs> and, you know, uh, you're starting over at the receiver position, essentially. Tailback wasn't exactly solidified throughout most of the year. I guess I was I was just a little surprised at the returning production number being so high. Does that include linemen? Yeah, and, and linemen are a big piece of that. So so the way that Bill Connolly of ESPN does those returning production is it's not just a straight tally, it's it's weighted. Um <clears throat> quarterbacks weighted. Uh I think I think O line is weighted the most. So the number of snaps you return on the O line 
is is important um which you know is just people watching football i think we would we would all agree with so nebraska does pretty well there the harburg one is interesting because he was their leading rusher their leading passer um you get all those numbers back but what <laughs> if he's not the starter um you know are you getting the true value of, of what's yeah. being calculated right now that's you know fair to debate it, you know if he if he sticks it out or if he wins the starting job then yeah um, or even if he doesn't, you know, you'd still it would still have some value to to have a player with that with that experience. What happens at receiver gets interesting because they bring in two transfers, and you know this is something everybody's trying to figure out how to how do you account for that? Um, you basically just add their production in to to Nebraska's both you know uh, the, what the player brings and then what it does to Nebraska's total. So it's it's weighted in there. But, you know, is is Banks the same level of receiver with whoever is throwing to him at Nebraska? That's kind of the big thing when I think about the passing game is when you have quarterbacks and receivers who have worked together a lot, that's usually where you see the most value. Nebraska can, on paper, show some decent return in production, but it doesn't have that, um, really, uh, you know, unless, unless Harburg's a starter. But even then, you know, two of your presumably top guys um, – didn't play at Nebraska last year. Another guy who should be in the mix and Garcia Castaneda had, had one catch before he, he got hurt. So I, I think you're on the right track, Mark. Nebraska is number one in the big 10, number three nationally in returning production right now by this calculation. And, and defense does help a lot there too. That makes a big chunk. Um, but it's uh, it's a little bit this, that's more on paper to me and it goes into SP plus, but that's more on paper to me than, than the overall SP plus ratings. Hmm. You know, my, my big problem with this conversation is as a whole, the the minute we start trusting computer projections over our own gut feelings is the first step towards letting the computers win. You know, <laughs> it's Terminator 2. <laughs> All right. Oh Elijah, we're going to we're going to have to fight. Now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Do you know, Elijah the college football is... playoff committee has not made any selections would have been any different than the BCS would have made. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I get mm. what you're saying. Uh, you're not kidding. That's a that's that's no Vogues is your tone and mannerisms <laughs> are scary this morning, Vogues. <laughs> no, I mean it's it, it is a really interesting question. Like when I think back about the BCS era a lot, and it's there's there's something about I think just kind of human behavior and being able to blame faceless computers, you know, humming away in a room somewhere, versus uh, I guess people with faces who are just locked up in a room somewhere during during college football playoff selection as well. What about uh, Dion's take? Your returning production, we had zero production. <laughs> it, it it certainly felt that way offensively. Um, you were using... <laughs> Nebraska did gain some yards, um, so that's that's what we're talking about, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. I'm I'm excited for, uh, and you know, last week we got to meet uh, Coach Thomas. Uh, he seems like a, a really calm dude that will groom these guys and we were we were all talking about and we listened to rules appearance with reese davis and pete thamel on the college game day podcast and rule has been asked the the same question by a lot of national guys but he always is just so great at delivering the, the nuggets right and not only with his incremental prog you know progress where he's talking about close losses turning to close wins turning to big wins 
he wasn't freaking out about the the win total. Yeah, he wants to win, but he kind of gets the the lay of the land part of it where, you know, you're 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 taking your lumps, you're learning in that first year. So with um with this first year and second year jump, he's really bullish on on where they're at and he's you know, worst case scenario, man, Rogues, he's going into this planning on having to use three quarterbacks. And, and well, that's, I, just, that's life in football right now. Can you have three good ones? Well, yeah, and that's that's the question. And I think it's harder than ever to to have three good ones. Um, or to have you two. Know, right. You kind of got to – you really got to get the timing and kind of the presumed succession plan just right to to even have a shot you know you get two guys that are both pretty good in the same class like one of them's leaving you know they might battle it out through the spring and then you name a starter and, and somebody's gone and, and it's hard to blame a player for for doing that um it's just it's it's the way that it is now and you know i like to take these things like sp plus and put a number to them because it, it helps me i think like understand what we're actually looking at but like Big picture, what we're, I think we're, what I think you can really do in the offseason is kind of, you know, get a chance to see the team during spring football. But what you're looking at is, are conditions favorable for Nebraska to be better or are they unfavorable? And you can do that for any team in the country. And that largely comes down to your schedule. Are you experienced or inexperienced? Nebraska is experienced this year. Um, what, whatever we feel about <laughs> the, the level of production they got, they are experienced. Um you're looking at has recruiting been at your usual level, better, worse? Um, and then what, what, what are your recent results? And Nebraska's recent results haven't been, haven't been good enough, but they've, they've been, you know, you go to the close losses thing. I'll turn everybody off to everything we just talked about. Nebraska being eight, you know, favored in eight games by the SP plus ratings right now. Like what I'm saying here is like in 2019, which people <laughs> don't want to don't want to bring back up. I, I agree. Like Nebraska was, it was a little bit hyped, but like a lot of these metrics were saying the same of like conditions are favorable here for for Nebraska to take a jump, and, and that was true whether Scott Frost had gone you know undefeated in his second year at UCF or gone five hundred. That that would have been the case. Hmm. Uh, Brandon Vogel with us uh, from Counter Read as we talk Nebraska expected win totals and production. Um, what about the factor of Riola this year? Maybe not necessarily in terms of your hard numbers, but just an open discussion about who knows if it'll translate from high school. But there are plays on tape that you can watch of Riola escaping a rush rolling to the right, planting his foot, literally launching the ball 70 yards in the air, right in the breadbasket of a receiver for a touchdown, like in stride. And and I'm just like, you don't see that in the NFL often. There's probably only a handful of guys in the NFL that could physically throw a ball 70 yards, let alone on target. Um, Very few people in college, like – he has such a unique skill set that I'm sure it's going to stress the numbers and stress the probabilities a little bit and therefore maybe serve as a little bit of an outlier. Do you think Nebraska has that kind of dude or are we hyping him up too much in terms of his physical abilities? 
Yeah, I'm always always uh, probably skewed to the more cautious side there with a player that we haven't seen play at this level yet. But it, watching some of his his film, you know, his senior film, he played at Buford, which is a powerhouse program in Georgia. It's a program that probably has an advantage over most most programs it plays, you know, year in and year all, all season long. Um, Anthony so, Grant went there. Yep. Uh, yeah. I so mean, did. we've seen a handful just come to Nebraska and I mean, their, their high school roster like populates the sec, it seems. Um, so there's, there's that piece of it, but watching the, you know, watching the, uh, the Polynesian bowl, which it's an all-star game. Like <laughs> you're not getting max effort. Nobody really cares if they, if they win or lose, like just watching him make some of those throws there though. Like, it looks different. And and that's the expectation. Like he's, he's a five-star, right? And, and we can, you know, be skeptical of recruiting rankings. I, I sort of am by nature, but it, it looks different. And I think that's kind of all, all I'm taking from it at this point. You know, when we were talking, when I was talking with Chris and Elijah earlier about the win totals here, like these win totals are, are out there without knowing who Nebraska's quarterback is. And I don't think they're being goosed to the positive on the assumption that Dylan Raiola is going to be an all big 10 player in his first year. He might be. Um, so I think in terms of your biggest variance potential with Nebraska is, is what level of quarterback player are you going to get? Is he, is he pretty good? You know, I think what you'd expect for a five-star um, then Nebraska is probably right on track. If it, if it goes worse than that, you're going to might, might have a hard time hitting that seven and a half. And if it goes better um, then, then suddenly I think your ceiling gets higher. There's there, there's a couple additions to the roster this year and a couple contextual things to discuss with the offense. So if you look at the offense last year, it seems like the things that, um, I don't know, improved for Nebraska and the things that were left to be desired. Pass protection improved last year. Like Casey Thompson was under siege the year before. Last year, I wouldn't say it was great pass protection, maybe not even good, but it was serviceable, right? It was It was okay. And presumably you build on that this year. So that should be better. It seemed pretty, it seemed like we had pretty regular discussions too, though, about how it seemed like guys were running wide open, but the quarterbacks either didn't see them or physically could not get it there. Maybe that happens every year, but it seems like it happened a little bit more last year than normal. So you got those two things. Presumably Raiola can help close a little bit of the gap there. But then at the receiver position, at the, at the north end of their comparison, I'd say Jamal Banks, his best comp is like a Maurice Purify type. Not, not great breakaway speed, but a pretty unique body. Tall, rangy, you know, um, good in the red zone. And then Nair, I'm not sure if he's back to health. He seems like he might be a, a, one of the more athletic receivers Maybe like a Kenny Bell with a few more pounds is maybe a good uh, comparison for him. So you throw those two dudes in, you throw decent pass protection in, you throw quarterback tutelage in to where maybe he doesn't miss those open guys. I mean, are we talking about a, a two-touchdown, potential two-touchdown increase in offensive average? One Quinnack's wondering, is the offense going to go from zero to 60 where they start kicking ass? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, but at least not, at least hold serve, right? Like last year, they didn't even do that, right? It was no, like you, need, you needed serves. two big, you needed two big plays for two touchdowns to even win a game last year. That, 
I mean, that's that's all you had. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the offense last year was limited in some some obvious ways. Um, it had a small table, so to speak, but it still left some things on that tiny table um, <laughs> in terms of, and I think particularly in the passing game, um, and even the complement of plays. Like Nebraska's rush totals ended up looking pretty good. Like I don't remember a ton of games where it just felt like, oh, Nebraska can just run the ball at will. It felt like they were running it because they were committed to it. Um, which gave him a chance. I mean, you know, yep. you look at the, the how close really almost all of those games were. Colorado got away from you. Michigan was what it was. Um, <clears throat> but beyond that, like Nebraska was content to just kind of bang away via the run game, sometimes for three, four yards a carry, um, which I know sounds good. Like if you do that three times, you get a first down, right? But statistically, like good rushing offenses are, are better than that. Um, so I think two touchdowns better. They were at 18 points a game last year. Like that would put you at 32, which would be a little bit above average. You usually figure 28, 29 points for the average college football offense. Um, it's not out of the question. 18. I, I like hearing that out loud. It's almost like I'm blocking it out like that. 18 points a game was their average. That said, I mean, it's, it's a big jump. You can go back and look. I'm guessing that happens maybe to, two or three teams a season, you know, possibly. And it'd be interesting to look at, like, what the circumstances were with those teams. But I, I think you're right. You know, I think I look at Banks as if everything, like, goes perfectly to these these detailed plans we're drawing up here here in February. He leads your team in targets. <laughs> yeah. He's your, he's your in-case-of-emergency guy, but also the, yeah. your first option on a lot of things. They are. If he's, if he's healthy, you know, we – our best look at him was that big season in Wyoming. I think he averaged almost 17 yards to catch. Like, that's kind of your big play guy. And then with guys that we saw. Too. Great yeah, plays, too. And with some of the, the young receivers that we saw this year, you know, Nebraska's not going to lack for, I think, big play options. It's just um, – and, you know, and Billy Kemp, I, th- I think Billy Kemp did a good job. He was a good addition. He was the guy they, they needed him to be. It's just did did Nebraska have the quarter the level of quarterback play across all three guys to to get him the ball where he had the chance to have the most success and that was a little bit hit or miss. What what makes this conversation so difficult in terms of how much better can Nebraska's offense be next year is like what we're seeing this year this off season with the Nebraska football team is kind of unprecedented in college football to get a a five and seven football team to go get the top high school quarterback in the country with the addition of what the transfer portal has brought college football in recent years, to be able to bring in production there. Like Nebraska realistically could have two new starting wide receivers, a new starting quarterback, a new starting running back. We'll see what the Carter Nelson impact looks like, but potentially a new starting tight end, a new starting either left or right guard. He brought in Mizuka. Like the kind of change that Nebraska's offense has seen this offseason is something that has been almost unheard of in college football through its history. I mean, you have to look at the, the most recent five years. And you add to the fact that you've got the top quarterback in the country, adding him to a five and seven football team. You almost never see that anyway. Like this off season with the potential change offensively for Husker football is as close to unprecedented as in college football as I think I can remember. Hmm. And, hmm. and I think that's part of why um, I view things as, as pretty favorable for Nebraska right now because in terms of – so, like, without really most of what you just mentioned, Elijah, 
um, <clears throat> in terms of ex- like you have that base level of experience. Like if Gabe Urban, you know, was was who we expected to be Nebraska's number one running back, and he still might be, who knows? Um, you, you'd be okay with that. Like uh, if the guy stays healthy, it's looked pretty promising. So in this case, like the additions really get to be additions, particularly I think a receiver at running back, um, at tight end. The one that stands out is just is quarterback. You know, it'd be one thing if you had a Casey Thompson type of player here, you know, some some real experience. And it's like, okay, Dylan Raiola, uh, go beat him out. And if he does, he does. Uh, that tells you he had to be at a pretty high level in what they were seeing in practice. Nebraska doesn't have that situation, which for me is is like the the real hinge point for for everything in 2024. Mazuka, I know from Florida, also on his pro football focus numbers um, from from recollection here, much more skewed towards run blocking than pass blocking, um, which presumably helps your run game. I'm guessing, right? That guy is a monster too, and he plays with a mean streak. Um, the the so question you're is, add is, that. is, can he get in onto Rule's good side? That's kind of the question right now. <laughs> the, the talent is there. We all can see the talent. The coaching staff can see the talent. That's the question with him. I'm not out on him by any means. We've had some comments in about Mazuka in the, the live stream chat this morning about how, oh, it's this guy, he's in the wrong side of things. Is he this year's Eric? He's Gilbert? got he like, got put on notice by rule. I I, I, men- I don't think men- we should mention by last name. I don't think we should overreact. In what way? What are we talking about here? Hey, what are we talking Did about? Did you miss this? Fill me in. So in the was- press conference, he was asked directly about him and uh <laughs> Rule in his diplomatic way made it pretty clear that he was sending a message of like, yeah, we need to we need to step it up. That was my read on it. Hmm. It, it was about as way? public of a flogging as you get from Rule. <laughs> step it up in a in a what? He's not working out enough or something like what? What? Do you, what, I, what that was my sense. Like I think he needs to. Well, it, it kind of came on the heels of talking about Banks and how he's leading the team and all their internal scoring and like going to all these events. And I think I, I will find the cut. Yeah, it was something about it was something close to he needs to understand the way that we do things. Something close to that, I think. So the and the reputation that Mizuka had coming in that I'd read between the lines was that he wasn't like a teammate favorite by any stretch. He's very much a no, I'm here to kill the dude across from me and that's it. Y'all can shut up. Well, you, I mean, you, you we, want to hear the cut? The, I have the cut. We saw the footage of, of Mizuka throwing hands on the road at Tennessee. At the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. So the guy's, the guy's a, literally a, a fighter, but here's the cut. Micah's a talented player. Uh, Micah's going to have to do all the things I just talked about. Micah's going to have to understand, like, the University of Nebraska, like, we work, we grind, we pay the price. Um, it's not about what we did. It's about what we're trying to do. Um, so I love Micah. I've known him since he was in high school. But, uh, you know, Micah's got a way to go in terms of understanding the standards that are here. Yeah. Okay. The tone says it all. <laughs> Put on notice. Put on notice. You know what, though? He was a nice I, – I don't think it's a situation where you are 100% dependent on him, right? So if you can get him to elevate above everybody else, great. But you had enough guys coming back at guard anyways. You got Sledge that's waiting in the wings. You got uh, – God, who else? Latovsky's going to keep coming along. Um, you yeah, know, Gattula, you're, yeah, you can slide Corcoran down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're a, you're okay at guard, I think. 
Don't don't you all think? I mean, it, would you say guard is a super concern and that Mazuka has to work? Uh, no, I don't Jen- think so. I love I love Jenkins. I love what he he was. Oh God, yeah. yeah. What he had to do because of yeah. Pipe's injury, and he came in and played well. Now Nebraska had some some good moments last year, despite struggles with with getting points. Is is breaking case of emergency as it got? Nebraska did a, a nice job of getting guys ready. Was it always a, a great performance? No, but you saw glimpses, even like. Uh, like Purdy. I mean, look how he came out of the gate against Wisconsin. Who the hell saw that? It's false hope, but <laughs> I mean, so guys came out and played well. They, they got folks ready. You just need to have you have some bridge options, right? When we talk about these new wideouts, we talk about the new running back, you talk about the new guard. Those are good things, guys who've played higher level college football. And from a quarterback standpoint, they understand that Dude, this is our job as a staff, as a quarterback room, as an offensive staff to come in and get this kid ready. You know, this is don't waste the opportunity of of landing a five star. And it's also a reputation maker or breaker. And that's what it is. Uh, And you don't have to be Peyton Manning year one, but, but don't don't be bad. If he goes out and wins the job, folks. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a big bet, and you know I felt that way <laughs> the first time we talked about it. You know, about not seeking a transfer beyond that. Now, uh, on, on February signing day, he kind of indicated that well, maybe we'll 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 see what's what's there in the spring portal. Um, but so far, like they're not going to hedge it. Um, which is which is bold because well it's kind of goes back to the thing we've been talking about this whole segment like it looks like you know things are things are primed for I don't know how good Nebraska is going to be in 2024 I am very confident they'll be better uh, so it becomes a matter of like how big is that step um, mm-hmm. is it to to put it in the numbers Chris had is it to six is it to nine like I think both are both are in play. Um, that's that's kind of the situation Nebraska is looking at, um, and and again, like the the big unknown is just like what what are you going to get out of the quarterback spot? Now this year, uh, for the NFL Combine, Nebraska has no invitees. They could get a late ad. We didn't talk about this happens. all week on the show, actually, Mark. I'm glad you brought it up. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's why I'm here. All right. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to help you all with the topics. Right. That you should have covered. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not criticizing. Uh, but look, you, 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 you're bringing in um, nobody to the NFL combine. You could get a late ad that happens sometimes. If it does, Quentin Newsom seems like maybe the, the guy that would uh, earn that. Maybe an Omar Brown. Um, but if you go into next year, and, and part of that too is like you got to win. That, that helps you get more guys invited, of course. But uh, – Going into next year, like if we if we were to like forward ahead, in terms of combine level guys, whether they declare for the draft or not, that's a whole another topic. But in terms of combine level talent, I feel like Nebraska's got more than a handful, right? Um, you, you start with Robinson, um, uh, Hupmacher is obviously up there. Uh, God, you could pick a couple of guys in the secondary. You know, Gifford, Ben Hart, a guy. 
And Ben Hart, right? Go ahead, Elijah. Something I've been ruminating on for a long time with the whole combine discussion is, is it about getting guys to the combine in terms of the, 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 what do you want to call it? The, 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 this, the check on, on Husker football, the, the health check, the status report. Is it about combine or is it about guys that are potential first round picks? I've said this for a while that the number one sign that Nebraska football is getting closer to where it needs to be is that it is getting guys into that first round or near first round range in the NFL draft. And, and it, it's not for like, it's, 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 it's quantity and quality. It's both. You want a first or second round guy in Nebraska would have that routinely, but they'd have four to, to six guys drafted about every year, every other year. And that could, that could range from a Wistrom and Peter in the first round to a Will Shields in the third round or a guy like Rex Burkhead that went in the sixth round or Kenny Bell in the fifth round or some undrafted guys that made. You just want to see Nebraska dudes back on Sundays, fellas, and you don't see – you see Levante, and Levante is working on year 78 with Tampa. <laughs> Look, I would say out of those guys, the top-end dudes um, that Nebraska has – potential first, second round type talent, depending on how Huttmacher carries his weight this year, you know, he's dropped a bunch in wrestling. He could be that dude. He's got superhuman strength, um, really good stamina. Now he didn't have it before. Uh, and then I think Tommy Hill, surprisingly, uh, I was, I think we were all pretty out on him for a while, but just in terms of his physical traits and how he'll test, He'll he'll test well, you know. He'll have he'll have the forty time. He'll have the vert. He'll have all of that stuff. His closing speed's pretty legit. Mm-hmm. So that's probably you're probably closing the gap a little bit there overall talent wise, Brandon. Wouldn't you say like is is there um is, is there an area of the team that is of like really big concern, like red alert status? Like oh my god, Nebraska is woefully under talented in fill in the blank position. Um, I don't think red alert, um, because it's so early for rules still, like I would look at <clears throat> the skill positions, you know, a lot of those guys, Chris just mentioned the Burkhead and the Nunwa, Kenny Bell, um, skill position players and, and Nebraska hasn't had much chance to develop them. We look at receiver recently at Nebraska, their successes post Stanley Morgan have been transfers. So there's that piece of it. But overall, I would agree with your group, Mark. Like, I think they've got a couple on both lines. Um, Nebraska's always done pretty well with its with its secondary players. I mean, I think t- to Elijah's bigger question, yeah, you want guys who, who don't have to do all the drills at the combine. They can just opt out. Um, that's what you really want. But I think the Pelini level, like Nebraska's draft production there, where you have your Princes, you have your Sues, um, but you're kind of all throughout all three days. That's that's a reasonable and a and a good level for Nebraska to get back to. I guess just to, to boil down my thoughts simply, Brandon, here before we get you out, you see guys that are first round picks from schools with moderate amounts of success. You don't see a lot of schools that consistently generate first round picks that don't have a high level of success in the college football game. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, and unfortunately, I think that that former. Uh, former scenarios probably going away more and more in the yep. transfer portal era. But that, in a way, that's what, you know, to, to be a first-round draft pick out of Western Michigan or something, 
that's probably more what, what Matt Rule and staff are trying to do than they are Lando and Riolas. Though you'll certainly take it if you can do the latter. Bogues, what's happening with Connor Reed? Thanks again for this morning. Yeah, so finally got through all my off-season level settings, so I think we'll probably dig back into some actual detailed stuff from from last season football-wise. Basketball season, we'll, we'll see how today goes. Um, but uh, that's that's going to offer some intrigue in the, in the weeks ahead. And, and baseball return, so always plenty on the docket. Bogues, you take care. Enjoy your weekend, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.